Hi, this is Elaine. We've hosted guest experts on impactparents.com every week since 2011. And since 2017, they've been podcast style interviews. Now we're dipping into those archives to share these fascinating conversations with leading world experts on the Parenting with Impact podcast. Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Elaine with Impact ADHD, your online resource for parenting complex kids. And I am here to, to have a conversation today with Dr. Mark Burton, who's been a really great expert of ours for several years and a good resource and support for us. Hi, Mark. Glad to have you here. Oh, thanks. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Always happy to have you. Let me tell you all a little bit about Mark and then what we're going to be talking about. So Dr. Mark Burton is a developmental pediatrician. He's author of several books. His most recent book is How Children Thrive, The Practical Science of Raising Independent and Happy Kids. That's really what we're going to talk about today. Um, he's also written Mindful Parenting for ADHD and the Family ADHD Solution. And he's really the go-to guy when it comes to integrating mindfulness and the rest of, of all of the care, the evidence-based care around ADHD. He's um, been a contributing author to several books on the faculty of New York Medical College. He has a private practice as a developmental pediatrician working directly with families, does a lot of writing, um, a lot of public speaking, is a great resource for those of us in the community. And as I say, Mark has been consistently a go-to person over the years when I need to understand or clarify what's recommended treatment or what, what is this aspect of ADHD, whenever I really need to understand something or clarify, he has been an extraordinarily available resource to Diane and me. So we're thrilled to have you here, Mark, to talk about making things easier when we're parenting ADHD. Well, like, great. Well, thank you. It's yeah, so kind of a big topic, but I'm looking forward to it. So Well, you know, yeah, I, I want to keep it general so that we can yeah. hone in on what you right. think's most important, right? Uh, yep. Thank you. Yeah. So um, where would you like to start? Or do you no, dive yeah, I mean, in. So, dive in. so I mean, you've I mean, just written this book on yeah. how children thrive and, right. and so, about the importance of raising independent and happy right. kids. So I think, you know, the, the two like bullet points, I think, that can sort of actually cover both this book and the mindful, Mindfulness and ADHD book are really two kind of broad concepts I think we can sort of all benefit from day to day and that help with raising kids, with managing ADHD, which are, you know, one is, is that, you know, just to draw from the world of mindfulness for a moment, um, you know, no one has to practice mindfulness and, and, you know, to benefit from it because kind of the broad concept, that almost makes no sense, but you can benefit from mindfulness if you practice it, but there's ideas you can pull out of it without specifically practicing it is what I meant to say. You know, the broad concept is when you're working with mindfulness is that you're not trying to do anything specific, except that you're trying to see life with clarity, see life, you know, just objectively as it is, you know, more often. 
So you're trying to catch yourself when you're caught up in all your, you know, reactivity, stress, all these places were pushed all the time as parents, and then try to see things clearly. And if you can understand child development, it allows you to just make choices easier, to be a little less stressed. And then on the practical side, to really come back to, you know, what's going to be, you know, most likely to be, you know, helpful in different situations. So let me capture what I just heard yeah, to make sure that, we got it thank clear. You. No, no, please come down to a bullet point. That was a, that was a wide ranging. First <laughs> no, I like it. It's good. So, um, so there's so, this concept of mindfulness, right? Yeah. Which is a practice. And yeah. what I also hear you saying is that as parents, we can, by noticing what's happening in our lives and our behaviors and our dynamics, right. we can pull from mindfulness and use that, that noticing right. to change behaviors um, for ourselves. Yeah, or to just make it more simply, you know, really straightforward. It's like we're always going to have an easier time when we just see what's going on with clarity. So when it comes mm-hmm. to ADHD, for example, we all come into parenting with a lot of preconceived notions of how things, you know, should be, you know, in quotes. And mm-hmm. you know, not everyone has a lot of familiarity, for example, with executive function. So I had someone come in recently who, I mean, I, this was just an amazing experience. So I saw them for the first time. I was explaining executive function, how ADHD in so many ways could be seen as a developmental delay in this self-management skill set. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she came back a week later and said things were already better. And yes. I, I was kind of shocked because I sort of said, like, you know, I hadn't done anything yet really on a practical level. And she said, no, no, what happened was is I went home and I realized that a lot of his misbehavior Really, you know, wasn't fully under his control yet. You know, he didn't mean yes. to be impulsive. It's just that, you know, he has poor executive function. And that awareness, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was, was a first step towards like changing their relationship a little bit. And then when you tie it all together, it's, it's not that that awareness obviously is going to fix anything specific. But if you want some, you know, you talked, I think we decided, you know, we're talking today about just making things easier as a parent with ADHD, for parents with ADHD, for families with ADHD. You know, clearly, if you want to, implement a plan that's actually going to be effective, you also have to reframe how you're going to work with ADHD through that same lens of executive function. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, the awareness allows that kind of shift in perspective. And then on the other hand, problem solving has to also come back to, all right, we have a child here who's struggling with impulse control or with forgetfulness or with organization. And you know, the practical solutions are also going to you know, get easier when we see things with that type of clarity. Well, you know, one of the strategies that we teach parents is we teach them to ask the question, is it naughty or neurological, yep. right? which is exactly. the framework. And mm-hmm. then we, the strategy that we teach them to go with it is called the three to five challenge. And that's to look at the child's, develop, the child's chronological age mm-hmm. and then take off three to five Absolutely. years to where they are developmentally and then act as if yep. they're that age. And yeah. see I mean, it's the same concept. I, I call it looking through the lens of executive function and, right. um, and sort of say like, the, you know, the way to give someone the bent, life is way more complicated than this. And, you know, it isn't all executive function always, but a way to give someone the benefit of the doubt with ADHD is to kind of lead by assuming it's executive function first, whatever yes. the situation is. And, um, and then, you know, that's where that, that does often require a practice almost of just letting go of this sort of picture you know, of what should be, you know, there's longer term goals we're going to work towards. But right now, you know, uh, you can look, think of something like the morning routine and just recognize that, you know, when you talk about making life easier, living with ADHD, it's a little more work maybe to realize that like a seven-year-old with ADHD may have the skills of a four-year-old when it comes to managing the morning. But if you approach it that way in the short run, you know, everyone's going to have an easier time of it. So, right. that, so that, or, you know, a really practical 
you know, a concise way of looking at it too, is that executive function is the skill set we use to plan so that, you know, you can almost say that ADHD is this very unique situation where you have a child who is behind in the exact skill set they would use to plan around their ADHD. Right. So it's like, you know, they're clearly going to require, you know, a lot of adult support initially, not because they're not motivated or don't care. But because, or not because they're not smart. Exactly. They're, they're bright and they're probably motivated and maybe they're struggling a little bit with motivation, but they're having a hard time uh, staying successful. But the, but the answer so often is just coming all the way back to like, you know, the, the underlying challenge they're having is, is poor executive function. They have a planning so- disorder. So I want to stop us for a second because yeah. we've, you've used the term executive function and it's one you and I are both really familiar with. Sure. We teach it a lot, but it's, it's a term that as a parent, when you hear it for the first time, you think you're right. supposed to know it and you don't really, and then you're <clears throat> embarrassed to ask. So right. in a nutshell, can you explain it? Absolutely. I mean, and I would say, again, in terms of seeing um, not just ADHD, but really childhood, clearly it's important to understand it because yeah. Um, what executive function is, is basically the part of the brain that's responsible for self-management. You know, so they, it's the responsible part of the brain responsible for organization, planning, keeping track of the big picture, kind of like the conductor of an orchestra or the CEO of a business. So if you think about almost anything in life that might require management, you know, you have to manage your attention, you have to manage your behavior, you have to manage projects, you have to manage your emotions. You, you know, have to manage any- your effort and your energy around yeah. it. Absolutely. And all of that, anything you can put the word management to probably involves some of executive function. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's really, you know, two important ways of looking at that. You know, I know for many people listening to, to the Impact ADHD audience, probably their kids have ADHD. So when it comes to ADHD, Maybe. you know, then it's an important concept because it has really ADHD has outgrown its name. So if you're going to really understand and work with ADHD, you have to recognize that there's an attention piece, there's a behavioral piece, but there's also managing tasks, managing emotions, managing information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a much broader skill set. And then, in, but we can um, generalize that because I think any parent can benefit from understanding these skills. And it really starts to explain, you know, some of the mismatch between, I think, some of the societal pressures that are making us all exhausted nowadays. You know, so the, for example, you can look at executive, the development of executive function, just like you would the development of language skills even though it doesn't feel as instinctual, you know, so around language, you know, we expect kids to start speaking a little bit at one and then, you know, maybe, you know, hopefully they're conversational by preschool, you know, but we wouldn't expect them to be way ahead of that curve really young. And when it comes to executive function, you can start to see lots of details that can just let us, you know, the, the, my, my whole, um, when I talk about this in terms of general parenting, my, my hope is that people can just let go of a lot of the perfectionism and pressure it's like the, you know, it's like not an approach to parenting that tells you to do more. Because, yes. Because when you look at this perspective of how do self-management skills develop in life, you know, first of all, you see several things like in, like in very early childhood, on the one hand, just open-ended play is one of the best ways to develop executive function in kids. So you can just sort of value that time and just let it happen and, and recognize that that's actually fundamental child development. They don't need a big academic push that, you know, before kindergarten and they don't need to be overscheduled because, you know, the thing that's going to help develop their own self-management skills is just play, which I think is really um, reassuring and, and really a wonderful thing to be able to focus on that way. So you can sort of set aside a lot of communities around the country. I mean, I think there's a couple of different ways to take that. On the one hand, if, if you have... If you're in one of the more affluent communities that's really pressuring preschool kids, you can just let go of a lot of like, that's not really going to help. And it's, you know, it's just making us all feel pressured. 
and anxious. <laughs> anxious. And then, right. and then the flip side is, is, you know, if you don't have a lot of resources, you can reassure yourself that, you know, really early childhood, an emphasis on play and, and, and there's more, I mean, books are really important, you know, that's sort conversation, of like conversation, yeah. all those things build kids up for success and they don't need all the rest of it. That's really what preschool comes down to. Well, I, I was just thinking about what you were saying about that we are so conscious about teaching language and that we're not as conscious about teaching executive functions. Exactly. And our kids need them more than most. And I was remembering a preschool conversation back a long time ago where the conversation was sequencing. And we do, when they're really young, we do teach some parts of executive function, right? right. Sequencing, like we, we want to help them see the orders and categorization, but all of this other stuff of self-management, what it takes to calm yourself down when you're getting upset or put in effort when you're not engaged. Right. Those are pieces we don't, we neglect to teach and just assume they're going to learn. It's true. Although, again, part of why it's useful to see things that way is some of how children learn that skills those skills is through, it's almost like the, the modern science of back to the basics parenting is what we sometimes call it. It's like, okay. you know, some modern of science of back to the basics parenting. It's like some of it is just getting back to the fact that those skills in early childhood in particular are learned through play and steady relationships and, you know, consistent discipline, you know, limit setting, you know, all the basics are really what you need to focus on. And, and again, you can just let go of a lot of the rest of the pressure, a lot of the stuff people are selling you, a lot of stuff that needs to happen, especially in early childhood. It's not, you know, it, it, isn't, it isn't what your kids need. And then the flip side of it is there are certainly ways, you know, we know like early childhood executive function correlates with all sorts of long-term measures of success in life. I mean, really remarkably so, all the way to adolescence and beyond. So we do want to emphasize things that help build those skills. Except even there, you know, it, a lot of it is the types of activities we choose. And also, uh, you know, the reason, one of the reasons I got interested in this topic is um, from an academic point of view is research around mindfulness training is actually kind of the antithesis of research around ADHD. I mean, and they really do tie together where on the one hand, ADHD shows and the research shows what happens if we don't support someone enough who has difficulty with executive function. Right. And it's important as a parent to reassure yourself when you start talking about that kind of research that, you know, with a with a really comprehensive plan in place, kids with ADHD generally do well, you know, mm -hmm. it's about getting supports in place. And the and, flip but side, that comprehensive plan is a critical piece. So oh, it's, it's go to your flip that. side and then we'll come back to that. Yeah. But uh, so it's just in terms of the research, I'll come right back to it if you want. Um, but, uh, but in terms of the research, you know, one of the ways mindfulness seems to benefit people is by improving their self-management skills and aspects of executive function. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, they're kind of, the, the research mirrors, you know, it, it's kind of mirror image, mirror image in a way. Right. But yes, when it comes to ADHD, you know, there's a lot of scary research about what happens if we don't intervene for ADHD out there. There's, you know, more studies than I'd want to list right now. Right. But, you know, when kids get a sort of, you know, a kind of a full plan in place, which is going to be different for everybody, you know, then they tend to do quite well, actually, because the potential is there. You know, that's, that's always my go-to description of ADHD is Russell Barkley's, you know, description that's not a disorder of not knowing what to do. It's a disorder of not doing what you know. Right. You know, the potential I there. can't get myself to do what it no. is I know I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And that comes back to this. I mean, I love this notion of this modern science back to basics parenting and the challenges for a lot of parents struggling with kids with ADHD is they're struggling with the basics. 
mm-hmm. right? And so, so a comprehensive plan gives parents the support and the training that they need to approach those kids and, and support the kids in a way where they're running into trouble so that they can learn new strategies for self-management. Absolutely. Right? And I think often what happens is, is that because ADHD it, itself makes it difficult to kind of do the basics, you let go of them and you kind of move on when really what you need, what, what's most useful is to come back to them and then problem solve them. Right. It's not like something new and different and radical necessarily needs to happen. It's that we need to problem solve how ADHD is getting in the way of you know, these sort of more basic and routine things in everyday life. Right. There's so much, so many other things that are coming up as you're saying this, that I want to sort of go to what, what the impact of that is. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're putting kids in AP courses because they're so smart, but they don't know how to organize to get themselves to complete right. the work. And, you know, anyway, we, we only have a few minutes left, hard to believe. Um, but I want people to be able to find out more about you and, and your resources and, and the books that you've written. Where, where can they go to learn more about you? your work other than all of the pieces you've done for us on Embedded. I think the simplest thing to do is just my website is developmentaldoctor.com and that'll link them wherever they, you know, there's resource pages on ADHD and on mindfulness and links, you know, all over to, I mean, not just my work either. I, I try to keep it up to date on just useful things in general. So Great. that's the best place to get to it. And his most recent book is How Children Thrive, The Practical Science of Raising Independent and Happy Kids. You could get that on the reading carousel at impactadhd.com. You can get it, I'm sure, on your website, and I'm sure you can get it on Amazon. So we just have about three minutes left, a few minutes left to sort of wrap up. Um, You had said initially you wanted to hit two broad concepts. Did -hmm. did we hit the second one? We did in passing. I mean, you know, one is, is that, you know, I think, you know, life gets what we talked about primarily today, which is just, you know, life gets simpler if you can understand how children develop independence and self-management skills, you know, which is executive function in many ways. So you can sort of meet them where they are developmentally and let go of a lot of the rest. And that was really the second point was that a lot of the times when we talk about parenting, I think it, it ends up feeling very pressured and like you need to do more. And there's, there's like, you just feel like you listen to a, you know, a talk like this and feel like, oh, you know, that's one other thing I have to add to the list. So the real hope, I think, is if you can see things with clarity, you can come back to what your family needs, you know, and let go of a lot of the extra stuff. Focus on, you know, what really is going to be, you know, most useful in any particular moment and maybe drop a lot of the pressure for perfectionism and extras and adding on and, and just really stick to, you know, the core message of what's going to be most effective. Well, so what comes up for me as you're saying that is in the, in the model that we teach parents, and the goal is to keep it as simple as possible. Step one is, is to do what we call taking aim. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, focus on one thing at a time, get really clear on what that one change is you want to see. And, and by giving parents permission not to try to tackle everything at once, mm-hmm. it's like you feel the stress running off their bodies. Yes, absolutely. Right? And that changes the whole dynamic for the kids as well, because when the parents are less stressed, the kids are less stressed. And it's just this, uh, not a vicious cycle, but a positive cascade, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a lot of what it comes down to, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, minute or two left. What's your take? What do you want parents to take away from this conversation? I think it's important as parents to periodically just sort of pause and come, like, like you just said, to pause and reassess almost. You know, there's an mm-hmm. exercise we sometimes call the mindful calendar exercise, where again, mindful is just this buzzword, but it just means being aware. 
mm-hmm. you know, where you can just sort of pause and look at the, you know, we're going to, you know, transition to a new school year soon and just pause and, you know, write it all down. What are we emphasizing this year? What do, what do, what do I find most important? What do I think, like you said, is the next step that needs to take place? And I think there's a huge advantage for parents and kids to, you know, trying to see ADHD or just their children in general with, with just sort of clarity. This is where they are. This is what we want to emphasize this year. And, um, and in a very concrete way, come down to the practicalities of how to support that, you know, on the one hand, and on the other hand, really, you know, actively trying to let go and move past all the sort of distractions and pressures and other things that are making life, you know, even more difficult. You know, being parent is enough, is challenging enough right, without right. all the extra stuff that's being added onto it for us or adding onto it by us. So, um, so just come back to the basics, trust yourself, you know, educate yourself about ADHD if your child has ADHD, and then just trust that if you, you know, stay on top of it and keep adjusting, your kids are going to do great. Awesome. So the, the term we often talk about is shed the shoulds, right? Let yep. go of everybody else's shoulds and really trust, trust your instincts as a parent. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. perfect. Yep. So, Mark, thank you. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. No, thank you for your time. Our guest has been Dr. Mark Burton, a developmental pediatrician and the author of How Children Thrive and several other books. Um, you can find that book on the recommended reading carousel on impact ADHD, as well as a number of other resources, articles by Dr. Burton, as well as a huge amount of, of resources for parents of kids with ADHD, anxiety, learning disabilities, all kinds of other related complex issues involving challenges with executive function. So thanks for being here, for tuning in, for the work you're doing with your kids, for the consciousness you're bringing to your parenting. And we'll talk to you again soon. See you next time. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.